The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. What's going on, everyone? Nico here with the Wooden Spoon Media, and I'm doing a fun little podcast segment. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about um, restaurant owners and how the pandemic 2020 to 2021, a lot of the different areas that uh, especially restaurant owners have been affected over the course of this past year, going on two years. And um, I'm fortunate enough to be joined with uh, one of the owners of Danico's Restaurant in Little Italy, Frank Cristatelli. How's it going, Frank? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. That's much. Thanks for coming on. How are things in uh, Little Italy right now? I guess. I guess we could lead off with there. I know it's not as crazy, but I mean, when I was there a couple months ago, and um, it seemed like Little Italy was like the only section, like out of the whole city, that was like somewhat busy. Yeah, I mean, busy would be a stretch, but yeah, definitely held our own more than I would say other places out up in the city, like maybe uptown and theater mm-hmm. district and over there. There, I don't really go over there too much, but from what I heard and from what i've seen it's big problems over there we're in trouble here we were in trouble for a little while but we look like we're gonna pull through awesome that's great to hear that's great to hear so um talk to us a little bit about um denico like how like when the restaurant was founded and uh, maybe some a story of like uh coming up maybe like in the industry too yeah yeah so uh my dad and my grandmother actually founded the place in uh 1993 okay so yeah i wasn't even a thought yet (laughs) So this summer will be, uh, this August will be 28 years in business. They ran it together for, until 2017, my grandmother passed away, unfortunately. Years. And now my dad's there with me, me, my mom, my brother, all, it's all family. We've been family since we opened and it's not really changing anytime soon. Awesome. Awesome. And you guys are kind of like, I feel like one of the, the bigger restaurants. In little, how many restaurants are there like in the whole, in like in what's designated as Little Italy? Oh, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot, <laughs> a lot of newer guys. Not a lot of not a lot of people that have been around for for that long anymore. There's a few, only a few places, including us, but a lot of newer spots opening up. Yeah, for sure. So, so what's it like uh, growing up in the in the restaurant environment? It's uh, different. <laughs> I bet. Not what anybody else is used to. I talk to all my friends. They're always all oh, the parents always home early, eating dinner together. That was not us. No. Everybody was in the. I grew up in the restaurant. I live in Staten Island now. I was born in the city. Mm-hmm. My father actually grew up right across the street from the restaurant. My restaurant's 164 Mulberry. He grew up in 163. Oh, so cool. And he moved over to Spring Street, and I was born over there, me and my brother. And then we moved out to Staten Island, but we were in the city every day. We were driving back and forth, whether we were in the car for two hours with traffic, an hour and a half. We were always there every day to get all four mm-hmm. of us together. My grandparents are now still going back and forth. It's a little tougher now that everybody's older, but we're still... We pushed through and this really took a big toll. We were coming up on, we were busy. We were busy, everybody was doing really good. The whole neighborhood, not just me, mm-hmm. the whole neighborhood, busy, busy. The city, if you've seen it, everybody was in Manhattan all over the place. It was hitting its peak, hitting something that I had never seen before. I, yeah, I, could, I could only imagine. Summertime, the holiday season was, it was, it was nice. And then yeah, this I mean, happened. Yeah. And, I drove right through, we drove, I drove, I've never driven right through Times Square. Like I'm from Buffalo, New York. So I've only been to the city like 
10, 15 times, but I've never really driven through Times Square with the exception of once. And um, I was there visiting a friend. We drove right through Times Square without any traffic. And this was it's like February. It's <laughs> yeah. I remember when we, we closed down. So the city kind of really shut down. It was like, what, maybe like March, like mid-March of last year. Mm-hmm. We said, we're going to stay open a little bit. We want to be open for everybody because we are a re- very residential area. There's a lot of people yeah. around, especially my parents growing up there forever. They know everybody in the neighborhood. So he said, we're going to stay open. Maybe we're going to see some people. That lasted about a week. We were in the restaurant by ourselves. We were like, we got to close. Yeah. Closed uh, St. Patrick's Day of last year. We reopened in May. May, I think, I want to say 15th of 2020. And I remember driving in the first day. And we were like leaving a little bit earlier than what we should have because we're just used to hitting some yeah. traffic. I got into the city in like 35 to 40 minutes. I was like, what is, what is this? I, I'd never seen, I'm 22 years old. I've never been, I never got to the city this fast in my life. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. It was a ghost town. It was really terrible. Honestly, it was sad. You make jokes about it now, but it was sad seeing, because you never, I'd never seen Manhattan like this, never. Mm-hmm. And now finally we're starting to see people are walking around, people are getting less nervous, you know, the vaccines are coming out and everything. So it looks like we're going to get back to normal soon. Yeah. And it seems, I mean, granted, like, obviously there's a lot of politics involved, but it looks like uh, New York's actually um, starting to lift some restrictions. I know it's, it's gotta be just the, the city's a little bit different, but um, what are some like still, cause I know my mom owns, my mom manages a couple of retail stores. I talked to a lot of restaurant owners. Um, They have a lot of different new problems now. So yeah. in terms of like, just finding like employment, like people, like employees and oh, stuff like that. So the the employment is like because the unemployment is so high so like a lot of these guys they're making money at home yeah so uh, i mean it's common sense you want to make that kind of money and stay and go to work or you want to stay home with it but i if i had the choice i'm staying home i'm yeah. sure you I'm sure anybody anybody would so it's tough getting and you would think oh nobody's even open restaurants are closed and left and right i could i should have waiters and busboys coming in and cooks nobody nobody wants to work i'm calling agencies i'm calling people i know friends I'm making my waiters call their friends. Nobody wants to come and work. That's the new problem. Yeah. Well, the yeah, unemployment that's... should be ending soon, so maybe. What was that? I'm sorry. I think the unemployment they said is ending in like September. So. Okay, but I mean, even still, like September, that's the, the entire summer. Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, now it, it's crazy that we got like trained to think like, oh yeah, it's only another four months because we've been doing this for a year and a half. Yeah. I don't know. So typically, before COVID, when were your guys' like crazy busy seasons? Oh, uh, summertime, like now, mm-hmm. right? Starting like early May, Mother's Day, Easter. That's when we picked up. And it was not crazy, crazy, but it was busy. And mm-hmm. then come June, kids get let out of school. We were flooded. For the weekends were crazy. Even during the week, Mondays, Tuesdays, it was always busy, busy. I'm open every day. The only two days that close all year is Christmas Day and Thanksgiving Day. Okay. Wow. So we were busy, busy every day, summertime. And then the holiday season was another one, different animal. And then, of course, we got the San Gennaro feast, which I don't know. I was going to, that was kind of my next, my next question. Figure out if it's coming back. Yeah, we don't know. We have no idea. They're saying maybe not, maybe yes, maybe not, maybe shorter blocks. Maybe they're going to try to control it, which I can't see how they could control it because there's so many people. The last one we did, 2019, was they said even, uh, like the city said, it's the busiest one they've ever seen. I think we had a million people walk through. That's oh 11 God. days. Is that 100,000 people a day? How could you, you can't control that kind of people. No, you, you'll never be able to. Yeah. 
That's insane. Yeah, I mean, what was I just lost my train of thought a little bit, but um, yeah, San Gennaro's uh, crazy. So what's that? I mean, just like, what's that festival like in terms of just because I've never been, I've always wanted to go. You should. It's definitely you. Definitely should come see. It's crazy. There is people. I you you see people that you haven't seen in years. People come out to see you. You see famous people. Is is millions millions of people. You can't even keep track. You got, you got, and we don't take reservations during the feast because it's have so many people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes all the restaurants, you got lines going down the block, three, two, three blocks down around corners, two hour wait, three hour wait. It's, it's madness. Yeah. Speaking of, people famous, love it. go on. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, I was like, speaking of famous people, like you guys have had, um, even like kind of recently, yeah. you guys have, uh, some celebs coming in. I saw, um, a couple of MMA fighters that I follow or post posted up at, uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of the MMA fighters come in. We're friends with a few of the guys from uh, from Tiger Showman's. Awesome. So guys- yeah, I'm actually interviewing. I mean, this is, this podcast is gonna come out way later, but um, Mike Trezano's co- hopping on. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, we know Mike. Mike trains at a at a Tiger Showman's. Me and my father we both train there too. So oh really? You, all those guys, yeah. So, so yeah, Mike, yeah, Trezano comes in. Uh, Lyman Good comes in all the time. Jimmy Rivera. Yeah, yeah Shane Burgos was in a few years uh, a few weeks ago. He's actually fighting next week. He's fighting one of the top guys. He'd be a good fight. Yeah, those guys are all those guys are all killers, man. They're yeah, they're, they're savages. <laughs> they're crazy. Yeah, we get a lot of things. We used to get the Yankees all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my my grandmother became really close with Mayor Giuliani when he was in office. Really? He used to give us all the luncheons at uh the Yankee Ticket Day parades. The, we just do lunches at the Versace Mansion. Yeah, he was when he was in office. He was very close to my grandmother. They, he was he was a nice guy. Very cool. That's so cool. I mean, I mean, New York City is just a different animal and it's hard to yeah. it's hard to like ex- explain that to someone, especially who's never been there, let alone anybody who's ever like lived there. Yeah, yeah, it's very different to live there. It's nonstop. It's all, you don't get a minute to sit down. You don't get a minute to think. Yeah. So, I mean, coming up, like, what are your guys plans? Like, how are you guys dealing with every, everything? Just all the all the problems. How are you guys? Are, how are you guys overcoming it? What I or I guess. What um what advice could you give um different restaurant owners that are listening in? Uh, you gotta just the main thing I did was I was trying from the beginning, right when we closed, my parents were nervous. What are we gonna do? What if we don't reopen? I'm like, listen, we gotta just there's nothing we can do right now. You gotta sit down, you gotta wait as much as it sucks to wait and just wait for somebody else to tell you you want to open your business. You gotta wait, you gotta stay confident, you gotta try to. Just be like, you know what? We're gonna push through. We've been here, and so we were open for 25 over 25 years. This a virus. We weren't gonna let a virus stop us forever. I mean, we couldn't let that happen. So listen, basically, we just followed all the rules. We uh, we get inspectors coming every day. Health department with the masks. My whole place has a mask on at all times. All my tables are six feet away. If it's 50 right now, we're at 50 percent. There's 50 percent of people only allowed in the restaurant. That's including workers, including cooks. In the kitchen, really? yeah, yeah, that. including everybody. Man, that's it. Because I mean, even up here, I mean, we're like the other side of the state, but I think most of the restaurants are at a full capacity already. Yeah, they were always a little, a little bit ahead, but it's very, it's much more dense out in New York City than it is on yeah, the state. Yeah, I get that. All right, well, what, May nineteenth, May nineteenth, we're opening up fully. Awesome. awesome. I think it's they said it. The, no curfew, nothing. We're back to normal, basically. That's so good. That's cool. It's finally starting to. Yeah. So everybody, mark your calendars okay. for that. 
and then head on down yeah. to Nico's if you're in the area for sure. Well, Frankie, I can't, um, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to um, talk with me and hopefully inspire um, some other people. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Well, you take it easy. Everybody uh, go follow Danico. Give um, give a plug, I guess, for um, Danico's. Where can they find you guys on social media and your website? Yeah, yeah. The, so the Instagram is uh, Danico Restaurante and the Facebook is Danico NYC. Awesome. So make sure you go check out Danico, especially if you're in the New York City area. And uh, thanks again for coming on, Frankie. Thank you. And we are continuing our um, podcast for Italian restaurants right now. I'm joined by Vince Caminiti. He owns Brooklyn South Pizza, Brooklyn Boys Pizza, and Novanta Pizzeria in North Carolina. Um, how's it going, Vince? How you doing? Fantastic. How are you? Good. Real good. Um, uh, thanks for coming on. Um, how, are, how are things in the restaurant business? Uh, you know, today, a little bit, a little bit more challenging than yeah. uh, than the, than the previous craziness that we always thought was the worst. Now it's just a whole different uh, ball of wax. For sure. For sure. I guess before we get like j- jump into like COVID and all that, um, you want to give it a little bit of a, like a backstory on how you like got into the restaurant business. Um, I know you're originally from like uh, New York, Long Island area, then now you're in uh, North Carolina. So maybe give us a little bit of a backstory on all that. Yeah. So um, I've been in the pizza business probably better than 35 years. Uh, I started uh, when I was on Long Island as a teenager, um, working in some friends' pizzerias and, you know, just always growing up as an Italian-American around food and, um, you know, always had passion to to cook and, uh, and, you know, pizza. When I was a teenager, was just, you know, like pizza guys were like rock stars. So, um, you know, I just, that just kind of stuck with me for a long time. And, uh, you know, I just worked in places and worked in food manufacturing for, for a decade or so. And then, uh, really got my own opportunity when, um, when my family had moved uh, their business to North Carolina Mm -hmm. and, um, really just kind of things opened up for me and gave me an opportunity to do my own thing. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, so we, we, uh, opened up our first pizzeria 22 years ago here in, uh, in uh, the Charlotte market. Awesome. Um, and I've had, you know, had a bunch, uh, you know, bought and sold and closed. Uh, I've had up to seven at one time. Wow. Uh, currently we have the three that we have now and I'm um, looking at some other projects. Oh, very cool. Are the three like close to each other in the Charlotte area? Or? Yeah, they are. So we're like in the, what's considered the Lake Norman area, uh, which is about 20 minutes north of Charlotte. And, uh, and they're all in that, in that same area, about very 10 cool. minutes, you know, 10 minutes vicinity of each other. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I know. I love Charlotte's awesome. It's like, it's beautiful. I like North Carolina is just beautiful. I don't know if I could ever live there, but my cousin used to live um right outside Charlotte and it's just absolutely gorgeous there. Yeah. The nice thing about Charlotte for us as I think as Northerners is that, you know, we get great weather here and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just to raise a family and, um, you know, just, you know, it's funny, you know, just to give you a quick background about when my brother-in-law's moved their company here, they had picked this area because it reminded them of Long Island in mm. the seventies. So, and, and Charlotte's got great growth now and, and everybody's from somewhere else. So it's a great mix of people. Yeah. I was going to say, was it, uh, when, when did like the term halfbacks come in, <laughs> come into play? <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a term that I actually had heard 
uh, after being in North Carolina for a long time. And I, the first time I heard it, I, I was like, what the hell is a halfback? <laughs> and then, you know, it was all those people that went to Florida and then I guess didn't like it. And they ended up coming back and just going to North Carolina. Halfway, instead. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, halfway back. Yeah. I guess like it only, I know it just became like super popular in like the last however many years because everybody's kind of flying out of New York. Yeah, exactly. More so now than ever, right? I know. It's just, uh, I don't know. I don't like to get into politics too much here, but uh, yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, if you think about it, there's so many great places to travel in the United States. Like, obviously, like New York is, I live in Western New York. So, I mean, New York's my home and I love sure. going. I mean, New York City's still amazing. And so yeah, many, I mean, so you know, great people. As, as long as we've been out of New York, you know, for us as New Yorkers, it's like, it's always in here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like no matter what, you're a New Yorker at heart, no matter Absolutely. where you go. I couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah. So uh, what was like the restaurant business? Like when you, when you first started up, it was, I'm sure like exciting and. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, when you, when you, when you get into your first one, it's uh, a lot of sleepless nights mm -hmm. and uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of stress about, you know, trying to be successful and wondering if it, you're going to make it and um you know a lot of ups and downs uh you know you, you uh you know you you borrow so much money to you know to get your first venture started and uh you know it's just there's there's so much going on um that uh, i mean it's exciting and 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 i love the business um, but it's not for everybody. It's a tough, you know, it's a tough sled, especially on, like your, I, on your first, on your first venture. Yeah. I've seen some like, some like <clears throat> background stuff in restaurants and I work with a lot of restaurants. So I know how it goes and I don't know. It's a, it, it seems like a very, very stressful. It, it is. It is. You know, it, it's, it's different from a lot of businesses in that, you know, you, you sometimes have to micromanage every plate that goes across the counter, you know, because, especially now, I mean, I've been in this business a long time and, you know, you look at today with social media and, you know, uh, sites like Yelp and, yeah, uh, and those things where, you know, you're just being judged constantly on every single little thing all day long, you know, and uh, it, 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 it takes a certain kind of person to be able to pull that off especially in the long term, like I've been doing it a long time. Uh, so, you know, the guys that have it in their blood, you know, there's a lot of old schoolers that have been mm -hmm. doing it a long time. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's not an easy business. No, I was just gonna, like, as you were talking, I was going to say like Yelp, because I've had a, a client in my, I might actually try to get him on the podcast uh, after you, but um, you said he got a Yelp review and like, it was just like almost like comical on like how yeah, deep this some, guy some went of them are. Just, like, no reason. Yeah. And, and it's, and, and I think, you know, especially us as Italian Americans, I think, you know, we're very passionate about what we do mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the business and, and, you know, pleasing people and being hospitable is in our blood. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's very personal. It's not just owning a restaurant, but, you know, for us, you know, the passion and, you know, desire to, to, to feed people because that's, you know, that's, you know, as you know, as Italian Americans, like it's always around, you know, around the table, it's around food all the time. So, you know, we take those criticisms very personally. So, you know, when it oh, comes absolutely. from somebody on Yelp and, and, 
you know, no matter if it's comical or not, when you get criticized, it's it's tough to tough to take. Yeah. And I'm sure, I mean, like, and it's like, people don't understand. It's like, if you, I mean, it's one thing, like if you own a business and no, but like, like nobody's perfect. Like not every, (laughs) there's going to be mistakes here and there and to judge. You know, you know what the crazy thing is about that statement that you make is that, and, and, you know, it's taken me a lot of years to, to kind of, you know, figure it out, or at least, you know, work, work on myself in terms of, you know, handling that kind of criticism is that, you know, talking about people not being perfect, but people had this expectation of, you know, somebody that makes, you know, pretty low wages in terms of, you know, the, the, you know, the, the general, uh, you know, wage scale, uh, somebody that, you know, is maybe in high school or, you know, uh, mm-hmm. working in a restaurant that those people are going to be perfect. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's just not, it's not realistic. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely for sure i know it's it's a shame that people i know i don't give you i mean i'm sure like you've had some funny <laughs> overviews and stuff and oh gosh i mean you know you and i could sit here for hours and tell all these <laughs> stories of the craziness of people <laughs> i know i know but uh yeah so going into like going forward and then um what so like 2020 rolls around and march hits and then like what kind of happens to you like is it just the three um restaurants at this point yeah yeah, so we had uh, the three um, at that time, and um, you know, I think for us, you know, I tried not to, you know, I tried to keep everything as normal as I could, mm-hmm. um, and I think, you know, as I as I thought about it, you know, from a customer perspective, you know, as crazy as everything was, and and as fearful as people were. I think the good, you know, the good that I tried to do was, you know, try to keep, you know, everything stable in the restaurant as far as employees, the best I could and, Mm -hmm. you know, keeping everybody safe and also trying to keep things normal because, you know, Italian food is, is a comfort food, right? So I, I think, you know, over the, over the 20 some odd years that I've built my business and, you know, what I would consider to be a pretty small community, um, you know, I think people came to us because, you know, they needed comfort. They needed stability in that time where, you know, things were so crazy. Mm-hmm. So you got, for initially it was a pretty positive response, like the first couple of weeks. So then were you forced? To yeah, very, very much. I think very, you know, I think initially when, when we got, you know, basically a hundred percent shutdown in terms of the dining rooms, you know, I, I, you know, there was a lot of obviously social media stuff and, and people talking about, um, you know, supporting local businesses and, and, you know, you don't want your local restaurants to go out of business. And I think, you know, in, in our market, you know, and because we're, you know, pretty small towns that, you know, people responded pretty positively to that in terms of realizing that, hey, if I want, you know, Brooklyn South to be there three months from now. I got to go you know, get some takeout and, and make sure they're still around. You know? mm-hmm. so, and I think that, you know, that's something I think, you know, we've built relationships over the past several decades that I think has, you know, cemented that for us. It wasn't, you know, again, just about having a restaurant and, and you know, not being there and not caring about the community. But for us, it was always about, you know, 
kind of being a, a, a cheers as it were, where, you know, we knew people, uh, you know, my wife and I were always in the restaurant and, and, you know, we, I mean, we built our lives around the restaurant and the people that, that would come there. So that's, and, and I think, you know, in that kind of situation where the pandemic hit, I think that pays off for somebody like us because, you know, people gravitate, uh, you know, to us because, you know, we're neighborhood people. We live in the neighborhood. We, mm. you know, we run a restaurant in the neighborhood. You know, we, we care about people. We, you know, we have a lot of relationships, uh, you awesome. know, with everybody locally. So. Awesome. Yeah. So you were pretty much main, you were still able to do some sort of business the whole time. Yeah, we did. We did significant amount of takeout um, with the exception of, of Novanta. So, you know, Novanta, you know, my brother and I had kind of um, had done a sort of a different concept, uh, you know, from the other two, which, you know, the other two were more of a quick service kind of New York style pizzeria, you know, by the slice and your typical, mm-hmm. you know, uh, pizzeria type foods, whether it was baked ziti or lasagna or, yeah. you know. Uh, those kinds of things where um, Novanta, we kind of, you know, stepped it up a little bit challenge wise and, you know, built a restaurant uh, that was full service with a bar and, um, you know, uh, you know, did kind of a little, not, you know, finer dishes, but, you know, just, just different pasta dishes and, you know, Mm -hmm. different center of the plate stuff. So it was, it was more of an experience, right? So, you know, we did a lot of design in the restaurant and, and, you know, where it was, community driven and you know where everything was you know where people could talk and uh you know so it was really about the experience you know we had built uh we had ovens built that we brought in from naples that were you know wood burning ovens that are in the center basically you know kind of center focused in the restaurant so you know it it, that whole restaurant design was about the experience you know i mean it wasn't about doing takeout you know Mm -hmm. So that one kind of that one was feeling the pain in the beginning, yeah, I can uh, because we just didn't do as much takeout there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and then through all this, I'm sure, like, well, I mean, I see it all over the place. Like, um, there's employment problems now because of this. Because, yeah, what had yeah. happened is a lot of people <laughs> were getting, especially especially in New York, people were getting unemployment plus an extra six hundred dollars a week. Which exactly. is staggering. And I don't know what it exactly right. was in North Carolina, but now everybody it was is, the same. It was yeah, the same. Was, yeah. But everybody yeah. up here in New York is still getting like an extra, I think, $300. 300. Yep. Yep. So it's like, <laughs> so I know. And, and, that's, I and that's killing everybody across the country right mm-hmm. now. I mean, there's not, and, you know, I mean, I could say, you know, I can complain about it being in the restaurant business, but I mean, in, in my restaurants, I talk to a lot of people. And, and, and I talked to a lot of people in a lot of industries and everybody's feeling it across the board. I yeah. mean, I know landscapers and, and, oh my God, uh, I you know, trucking imagine. companies and, and just everybody that needs somebody is looking for somebody, you know what I mean? Like, I know. And then that too, I mean, it also drives up prices. Cause if you think like how, how everything rolls, I just, of course. And I'm sure like prices are being like constantly raised over the last how many years and yeah. And I think, I think over the last year too, I think, you know, whatever, you know, whatever COVID has caused, um, you know, for, you know, whether it's a factory shut down for, you know, that makes pepperoni or cheese or, you know, any of those things, you know, there's that. And then I think there are some companies that are taking advantage of that situation where, 
they're like, oh, you know, COVID cost, the, you know, is the reason that this is priced so high, you know. Uh, for example, uh, gloves. So, you know, gloves that, you know, like a glove we use in the restaurant yeah. uh, to handle food mm-hmm. um, is literally right now like <clears throat> like five times what it oh normally costs. God. So a, a box of gloves that would have normally cost $40 is like $180, $200 right now. And this is, you know, in the beginning, maybe I would have bought that because, you know, they needed it for hospitals and doctors and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. But now we're a year, a year into this thing and we're still at that price point. And you're like, uh, now I got to scratch my head a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really good point that a lot of people I'm sure don't even think about. Yeah, I mean, all those things are causing, uh, you know, are going to cause some inflation for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, people are, you know, I don't, I don't know, obviously, how it is by you, and I'm sure it's very similar. But I mean, just to get employees now, people are so desperate that, you know, they're offering signing bonuses and all these crazy yeah. things, um, you know, dollars per hour that's, you know, uh, just extravagant just to get somebody to come to work. And, yeah. uh, you know, like, Somebody told me a couple of days ago that a McDonald's near us was offering a $500 signing wow. bonus. And I, and I said, oh, my God, if McDonald's is offering a $500 <laughs> signing bonus, things are really bad. Yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing to try to um, get new um, employees in? You know, I mean, we're not doing too much. Um, you know, we have some ads out. And, you know, for us over the years, we, we really never, you know, we never really took the stance of just kind of, you know, throwing out the now hiring thing. You know, I think a lot of times the best way for us was always through employees that we had already. So like referrals. That, yeah. Like a referral where it was like, Hey, you know, you got, you know, do you have any friends that, you know, want to work that, you know, at least at, at, at that level where, you know, even if it was a teenager in high school, you know, they wouldn't want to, you know, get a bad name. So they're not going to recommend, you know, somebody course, that's not yeah. good or whatever. So mm-hmm. we always felt good about, you know, uh, you know, doing it that way. And, and you know, um, and sometimes, you know, I mean, friends like to work with friends and, you know, we always kind of did it kind of, uh, you know, yeah. um, grassroots sort of that way. Very cool. Awesome. So besides like employment, are there any other, I mean, and like, I'm sure rising food costs, like, are there any other like yeah. new, <laughs> new challenges that are, are being faced or, or even, even like maybe new opportunities that you see? Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, that this latest thing with, you know, with the employees has probably been one of the most challenging things I've ever seen uh, in this industry as, as long as I've been in it. Um, you know, I mean, just, you know, it's hard for an operator, you know, to take the risk on, you know, doing something else or, you know, you know, considering, uh, you know, what we're looking at here with Mm -hmm. employees. I mean, that, again, it's, you know, for, for three decades, as you, you know, if you talk to operators or people that want to open restaurants or ones that operate restaurants, they always say the hardest challenge is, is employees. I mean, it's, you know, always been the toughest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, we continue to push forward and, and look at other opportunities, um, you know, and there might be opportunities in, unfortunately, to say that, you know, uh, in these situations when others fail, that, you know, 
It might be a, a secondhand or second generation restaurant that, you know, maybe, you know, a little cheaper to pick up than, than building one out from scratch or yeah. something like that. So, um, you know, we always look at those things, uh, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not out there on a daily basis looking for one, but yeah, if the opportunity presents itself. Yeah. If it, if it falls in my lap, I'd definitely take a look at it for sure. Awesome. Awesome. I guess the last thing before we wrap up, what would your advice be to somebody maybe looking at like want to possibly like start a restaurant? What would your advice be? You know, um, you know, it's all about the, the passion in an individual. And, you know, the one thing, you know, if I had to tell somebody, you know, who, who didn't, didn't work in it or didn't own it and they wanted to get into a restaurant or they wanted to do their own. I always tell them, you know, I, I like to be honest and, and tell them that it's a, a lot of sacrifice mm-hmm. and they have to be prepared for that because, um, you know, we always, when we're always looking at opportunities, we always, you know, look at obviously, you know, all the positive things that an opportunity can bring us. And especially in this business, you know, you kind of go in, you know, and you're, you know, full of, you know, piss and vinegar and mm-hmm. say, hey, you know, this is going to be great. You know, we're going to sell uh, this many pizzas and yeah. we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And, and uh, you know, the best preparation is always prepare for the worst. And, you know, when I say sacrifice and I mean everything and time and mm-hmm. you know it, it because it's not an easy business because a lot of times it's seven days a week and you, know, you think oh i can just hire a manager and stick them in there and everything will be great that's not what normally happens so mm-hmm. you know i always tell them you know is prepare for the worst because you know even in my best times you know um being you know running this restaurant or, or a few of them at a time and I've been doing it for so long. We think, oh, you know, it must be just, they must just run themselves and you can, you know, sit yeah. at home with a beer. Yeah, that doesn't happen. I doubt I'll it. tell you that, you know, that just, you know, during the pandemic, when it started, we had gotten a couple of guys in the kitchen, had gotten coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here I am 22 years later at 52 years old. and I'm in the kitchen seven days, mm-hmm. 14 hours a day. And I'm making dough and cutting lettuce and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and making pizza and doing, you know, just, I mean, I was washing dishes. I was mopping, I, you know, I was doing it all because, you know, we literally got all my, you know, all, you know, three or four guys in the kitchen got, you know, got coronavirus and we're out for, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it was literally, I was in there four or five weeks of seven oh. days a week because of, you know, this guy got it and then he was out two weeks and then the next guy got it. And he yeah. got, it was, I was like, it was crazy, yeah. but you know, and, and again, those are the things you can't expect. Yeah. And that's also very, very um, admirable, especially like being an owner yourself. I'm sure your staff saw that. And it's like, it's like almost like saying like you would never ask them something that you're not willing to do. That's a big thing. My dad instills in me. Absolutely. I mean, that, that is something that, you know, every time that I've done, you know, anything in the restaurant business, you know, when I've had, you know, a guy that's been washing dishes for me for over 20 years. Wow. And he, and I give him two weeks vacation a year. And when he goes on vacation, I'm there doing the dishes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to me, you know, 
it, it's not above me. None of those things. Mm-hmm. I pick up a mop. I pick up a broom. I wash dishes. You know, as an owner, you know, those are the things, you know, that have been instilled in me in terms of work ethic, you know, from, from my background and, and, you know, it's my business. So it's got to get done and I got to mm-hmm. do it if it needs to, to get done. So. Awesome. Very, very admirable. I am. I, well, Vince, I can't um, thank you enough for coming on. Where could everybody, um, I guess, find the restaurants? Is there like a website for all three or each of them or? Yeah, I've actually separated. I used to have a lot of them on one website, but now uh, they each have their own websites um, at brooklynsouthpizzeria.com, um, novanta90pizzeria.com, and uh, brooklynboyspizzeria.com. Awesome. Uh, are all of our websites that uh, that we use for each one of them. Awesome. So if you're in the Charlotte area, make sure you uh... Make sure you stop by all three of the restaurants at some point. <laughs> Absolutely. But thank you again uh, for coming on, Vince. And um, I appreciate Nico, it. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate awesome. it. Take care. See ya. Oh, you didn't know? Yo ass better call somebody! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the BICBP Radio Network proudly brings to you its podcast tag team champions of the world! The Nightmare Derek Jaws, Rotten Jack Gene Williams, the hosts of Common Debauchery! And if you're not down with that, We got two words for ya!